Improvised Weapons features audio from BattleBards.com. BattleBards provides premium music, sound effects, and voices that enhance any tabletop experience. Me tell you no be bad! Squish! And with a BattleBards Prime subscription, you can get access to the entire catalog, as well as tools like soundboards, the mixer, and BattleBards Cast, allowing you to broadcast your audio online across any virtual tabletop service. You can even upload and mix from your private audio library. And with BattleBards Prime, you get a 20% discount on all purchases. Head to BattleBards.com and subscribe to BattleBards Prime using the coupon code IWVTCAST to save some money and let them know who sent you. BattleBards. Take your game to the next level with the greatest tabletop audio library on the material plane. The following is an original, actual play Dungeons & Dragons podcast featuring comedians and improvisers in the great state of Vermont. Welcome to Improvised Weapons. Last time on Improvised Weapons. Why why so nervous? It's a party. Enjoy yourself. Your face is like smelling salts. Just between us chickens. You know, give it a dash. Wouldn't it be weird if someone stole it? Thervid fisted me. I, I can't eat any more soprasata, so make it fast. We gotta get to the library. The library. Get some glass in his eye. Hey, guys. Yes! I heard you needed help. What? We're back! Did you miss us? Please enjoy our first full episode of the year 2020. Welcome to a very special Improvised Weapons. Let's turn the clock back a bit. Olash, you and Kathak have been with the Tash Eskayana for 13 days now. Most of your time has been spent clearing logs and rigging a canopy in a dense section of the forest so the mushroom folk can be relocated safely. Since emerging from the cave, it's been discovered that they are very sensitive to the sunlight and need to be out of it. The work has been almost constant, but not overly difficult, and you and Kathak have been the main workhorses for the project. With all this time spent together, you've had plenty of opportunities to chat. What have you two talked about? Um... Probably a lot of, like, uh, talking about, you know, my band, basically, and all my work, um, and just our lives before what they are now, um, and, uh, 
all his awesome killing that he's done, um, because I'm pretty interested in all that, like, wolf splitting and, uh, all that stuff he's done. And, uh, since he's a reading man, I also like to think, uh, I've bared my soul to him and told him that I can't read and maybe he's helping me learn. Oh, he tells you about all the wolves he's split in half, very proudly, in fact. The days of hard work are speckled with stories from the both of you, uh, you talking of the many concerts you've performed in, him, wolves, uh, and you spend the nights curled up with the D&D ABCs, uh, you know, A is for aberration, B is for beholder, C is for castle, etc. Uh, Kathak is not the best teacher, per se, but he is very patient with you. So... On this 13th day, you find yourself in a darker part of the canopy, tying a rope off on a low branch, when from somewhere behind you, you hear... No! What do you do? Uh, I... I mean, I'm gonna draw my great axe. Uh, regular or misery? Uh, regular, for now. And I'm just gonna look for... look for the source... Of the Give me a perception roll. A perception. That is, I think my perception is plus zero, if I remember correctly. Uh, it is. So that's a 17. 17. Uh, looking around, you can see through the trees faint hints of a pink magenta light somewhere off about, say, 40 feet in the distance. Okay. I'm, I'm going to... Like, cautiously go towards it. Wending your way through the trees towards it, you find a vertical, flat circle. It's about five feet in diameter. The surface of it looks like a cracked mirror, but it ripples like the surface of a pond, and the whole thing glows with this pink magenta light. Okay. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna, like, stand as far back from it as I can. Um... And, like, poke it with, like, the the end of my great axe. So not, like, the, not, like, the choppy parts, but, like, the, like... The handle? Yeah. Okay. Standing back as far as you can, you extend your arms fully, holding your great axe by the blades, and you poke the tip of the handle against the cracked mirror-like surface. There's just the slightest bit of resistance, and it goes through. Okay. All right, I'm gonna... I'm going to keep investigating this, but before I do, I realized I forgot one thing that I want to make sure that Kathak and I have been talking about, um, which is that I want to be doing it, you know, casually, but I have been trying to kind of figure out, like, what his connection was to the cult, if it was, like, if it extended beyond just him being, like, him working for Gulric, or if it was, like, he was more aware and involved than maybe he has let on. Uh, sure. You've brought it up, and he has assured you that it was just a job. It can be hard for half-orcs to find work in this city as anything other than a bruiser. He was just going where the money was. Uh, same thing goes for the brand. It was just a part of the job. Gulrick said, you want this job, you gotta have this symbol on you. Okay. Um, can I roll an insight check on that in general? Of course. All right, I'm going to do that. Oh, no. <laughs> I rolled a four. 
You believe him. Okay. <laughs> no questions. Um, uh, all right, great. So uh, that being that being settled, um, I is is and was I working alone or was Kathak like with me? Uh, you were by yourself in this part of the forest. Okay. All right. Um, so I am going to uh, just kind of. I, I guess I'm gonna go check this out. I'm gonna kind of try to go through it. I'm curious about it. I'm gonna be careful about it. I'm not just like jumping head first, like maybe an arm first, but um, yeah, I think I'm gonna go see what's on the other side of this. Okay. Are you stowing your great axe or still holding on to it? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep keep it out just in case there's something bad on the other side. Got it. So you approach closer, put your hand up against the surface and push through up to your elbow. It requires very little effort, like pushing a well-oiled saloon door. Your arm on the other side feels comfortable. There's a little bit of pressure, but no pain. And when you pull it out, your arm is still there. Nothing has happened to it. Oh, good. Good. (laughs) Do you want to step in? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to keep going. Okay. Stepping through the barrier requires very little effort. It's no more difficult than walking through a spider's web. Once through, you feel as if you are surrounded by room temperature water. The pressure is uniform, not uncomfortable, it doesn't hurt, and you can breathe freely. You see streaks of light all around you, like being at the bottom of a river and looking up at the stars during a rainstorm. There is no definition here. There's no up, no down, but you somehow feel that there is a forward. Four steps more, and as easily as you entered the barrier, you emerge on the other side, but definitely not in the forest. You find yourself in a run-down cottage, facing a wall with a smudged window. Out the window, you can see swamp, black trees, muck, and sickly-looking vines, along with small yellow eyes peering out from the dark places. The wall itself on the inside is adorned with shelves holding all manner of things. Specimen jars, stones, bones, charms, feathers, liquids, teeth, etc. There are also various chimes and drying herbs hanging from the ceiling. The smell is a mixture of harsh spices, mold, mildew, and blood. From behind, you hear a voice say, Good, you've come. I wasn't sure you'd accept my invitation. (laughs) What's so funny? (laughs) You turn to see a grotesque creature. She would stand nine feet tall if not for the severe curvature of her spine. Hunched as she is, her head is only a little lower than yours. Long, frayed hair frames a face that is the definition of crone. Graying skin hangs off the bone and is accented with moles, warts, boils, and blotches. The eyes are a uniform black, no white at all. The mouth contains only three to four rotten teeth. She wears layers of tattered cloth, moth-bitten and filthy. Her forearms peek out from the folds of cloth and are gaunt and drawn. Her hands are arthritic, bulging knuckles, and each finger is tipped with a claw that you would not relish being on the business end of. She currently stands at a table, carefully carving indistinct bluish meat with a long knife. Greetings, Olash Mershucks. Uh, hi. What's your name? You may call me... 
cackling Agatha. <laughs> okay, so are you laughing about anything in particular right now, or is it just like your like your thing? I find the strings of fate to be quite funny, but sure, let's say it's my thing. <laughs> All right, that yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, uh, so. What's up? How how you how you doing? Why um why why am I here? I keep an eye on those that I feel are destined for great things, especially those that have needs I can provide for. Hmm, that's that's pretty nice of you. One such group is the Von Demos Adventuring Syndicate. You know your friends. Oh, yeah, well, I, I haven't been hanging out with them much these days. I, I miss them a lot, actually. When was the last time you heard from them? Oh, um, 13, like, uh, like, yeah, a couple weeks, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a minute. They've been through much since you parted ways. Returning to Bastifier, infiltrating the city, being captured, breaking free. Why, they even came and visited little old me to trade for my help, which they sorely needed. In fact, help is something they still need. <laughs> well, I can't say... I'm surprised. I, like, I, I guess I'd be more surprised if you told me that, you know, they were just chilling somewhere. But I, I have been worried about them. I, you know, not that I just I just worry when I'm not there to protect them, especially Aowen and Ildove. So you consider them weak? I mean, they're powerful in their own way. Uh in very impressive ways, but, uh, they can't, you know, they can't get too close to things. If it makes you feel any better, the two of them have had an easier time than poor Yafik and Cassian. Oh, well, uh, you're not making me feel much better about all of this, actually. Yes, they've been through several trying ordeals, with the most trying still to come. You'll have to help them with it. <laughs> well, t tell me, what is it? How? Well, as we speak, they are searching for a way to weaken Elder Zone's forces before the final push to defeating him once and for all. This they'll be able to accomplish on their own, not without difficulty, but they will succeed in that endeavor. Destroying Elder Zone, however... That is a different story. Even with the bits and bobs they are still to collect, the four of them simply will not be enough on their own. They cling to the prophecy which speaks of four, but the prophecy merely calls for one of words, one of faith, one of strength, and one of knowledge. It neglects to mention the most important one of all, the heart. The element that binds them all together. <laughs> That's you. Yeah, I, I, I want to help them. How, like, tell me, tell me how to help them. As I said, the prophecy speaks of four, but it doesn't say there can't be more present. You. They need you. They have no chance of success without you there. Y yes, yeah. I, 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 if they need me, I, I need to go. Oh. 
Alas, even if you left now, the journey would take days you simply don't have. You'd arrive too late. Uh, are, are you just, like, trying to torture me here? Like, if I leave now, it's too late. How can you help me? What What can I do? I can help get you there in time. Okay. For a prize. Well, I mean, that seems that seems fair. Like, I wouldn't want you to just, like, do something for for nothing i i have some money not a, not a lot but my price is not one of coin but i assure you there's no catch everything is completely above board all your friends took my little deals and nothing untoward happened <laughs> okay so so what's what's the price what do you what do you want Tell me, do you know what manner of creature Elder Zone is? No. He is a beholder. Do, do I know what that is? Uh, roll nature. Okay. Well, I'm guessing that I don't unless I have... Oh, no, I have a minus one to nature. Okay, so two. Yep, you do not. <laughs> uh, but she will tell you. Okay. Elder Zone is a foul aberration, comprised of a round body with a large central eye and several eye stalks protruding off it. A dangerous and cunning foe. I will get you to your friends in time to help them. All I require is that after the deed is done, you harvest and return to me Elder Zone's central eye. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't see why I wouldn't be able to do that. I'm I'm pretty good at, you know, harvesting body parts. Excellent! <laughs> Cackling Agatha holds out her right hand in handshake formation. Uh, okay, I, I shake her hand. As you shake her hand, she grips you tightly, and with her left hand, she reaches up to the ceiling and takes down a, a dried bundle. Holding it up to her lips, she mumbles into it, and it begins to rehydrate, quickly becoming a wriggling snake. She then lowers it to your wrist, where it slithers up your arm, wrapping itself twice around your bicep and then biting its own tail, forming a tight seal. This is nothing to worry about so long as the deal is upheld. Just a little insurance on my part. Okay. A bonding asp. I've whispered to it the terms of our agreement. Should you attempt to renege on our deal, it will begin to tighten, taking most of your arm off with it. <laughs> take my arm off? That's that's not okay. I take arms. My arms don't go anywhere. Uh, worry not. Return to me with my prize, and I will remove it before any harm is done. Hag's honor. Oh, okay. All right. I do know hags are pretty honorable. Now, to the task at hand. She begins to swing her hand in a slowly expanding circle. That same pink magenta-ish energy that you now recognize as a portal forms in that space. Once it is five feet in diameter, she stops and turns back to you, saying... Now, on the other side of this portal is a creature that has agreed to help you, since you and your friends showed it a kindness. I've given it directions as to where to go and what to look for. Trust it, and it will ferry you well. As for what you must do, this may not make sense now, but trust me, as I would not steer you wrong. <laughs> Once the creature stops and lets you off, Run towards the large blue dome. 
Its entrance will be clearly marked. When the fire starts, all will be distracted enough for you to walk right in. Continue past them and head to the open doors. You'll find your friends inside. Feel free to mention our deal. I'm sure they'll have no misgivings. <laughs> okay. Please repeat to me the directions. I want to make sure you understand your chore. Uh, oh boy. Uh, 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 there's a friend who's gonna help me. Uh, something about a fire. Um, and then I walk through the open doors and find my friends. Oh, this is exactly what I was concerned about. <laughs> the creature on the other side of this portal will take you where you need to go. When you land, head towards the large blue dome. Yeah, 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 yeah. The large blue dome that's clearly marked. Wait for the fire to start. Then you'll be able to enter without notice from the guards and enter the building where you'll find your friends. I feel like that's basically what I said. I need to know you understand, Olash. You only get one chance at this. I, I, I guess that, I guess that's fair. If this doesn't work, your friends will surely die. <laughs> Seems like a weird thing to laugh about. Once you have the eye, place it in this. She reaches into the mass of fabrics she is wearing and pulls out a patched burlap bag. I take it. When all is said and done, speak with your friend Ildov. She has a means to return here so we can conclude our business. Okay. Before you leave, do you have any questions? Uh, who, who's this, who's this friend who's gonna help me? Oh, you'll recognize them. <laughs> well, okay, so... You ask if I have any questions, and then you don't answer my question. I don't like. Is there something that you think I should be asking? I guess that's my question. No, just making sure you feel prepared. That's all. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Cackling Agatha. Um. I hope you're. I hope you keep cackling, and I. I go to give her a hug. She is legit surprised by that, and she allows you to hug her. Though she doesn't return the hug, she just lets you hug her. Okay. As you turn to step through the portal, she says, Olash, one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Good luck. You're going to need it. <laughs> Thank you. Idle champions of the Forgotten Realms Code Time. Here we go. G-R-O-W-R-O-C-K-K-A-I-D. That code again is Grow Rock Cade, and it's good until January 14th. Hopefully it will help you unlock Dragon Bait if you haven't already. Now, back to the show. She watches as you step into the portal. Uh, this portal feels the same as the one prior. Light pressure, nothing uncomfortable. Just as before, you take about five steps and come out the other side onto a rocky outcropping. Possibly up the slope of Verseorsa. You're not really sure. In front of you, looking out to the horizon, <gasps> wearing a rough-hewn saddle on its back, sits a griffin. Ah! Is it, 
Is it my griffin friend? It just might be. Do you want to ask it? Yeah. Uh, uh I guess I... I, <laughs> I cast my, my speak with animals ritual. So you do the hustle for ten minutes. Yes, for ten. <laughs> I, I get really excited. I'm like kind of trying to rush through it, even though I know it takes ten minutes no matter what. I'm just like so excited to go talk and find out if this is my griffin. I mean, I'm assuming it is because she said that I would recognize him instantly, but I still feel like it'd be nice to, to be able to chat. You go through all the steps of the ritual and finally feel your connection with beasts form. You know that you can now speak with animals. I say, hey, is, is it you? Do, you? do you recognize me? Yes, you are help friend. Friend? This is what I said. Okay. I have directions. I can take you where you need to go. Yeah, that 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 would be great. Do you mind if I if I get on your back here? Please, we must go. Okay, I sit on the saddle and secure myself. Mounting it and securing yourself with a few straps, the griffin spreads its wings and runs off the outcropping's edge. With several powerful flaps, the two of you rise, finding a thermal on which to coast. You and the griffin fly for two and a half days over the forest with no stops. It's cold up this high, and your muscles stiffen even with ample time to stretch. As you begin to see the city in the distance, the griffin begins to flap more often, rising higher. Let's get a perception check. Perception check. That is a 13. With a 13, you can see about 100 feet below you, and sort of off to your left, is a flying gargoyle. Mm -hmm. And uh, as far as you can tell, it hasn't noticed you. Okay. I'm just going to let it be then. You continue to fly on, higher and higher above the smoke rising from the city. At a certain point, the griffin comes to an abrupt halt, flapping its wings in place as if it were treading water. It swings its head back and forth as if it's looking for or listening for something. Give me another perception. Eleven. All of a sudden, the griffin tucks its wings to its sides and speeds downward like a bullet. You begin to hear this high-pitched whine, but you're not sure if it's the sound of your speed or if it has another source. Passing through the clouds, you come out coated in water droplets and soot, the city spread out below you and getting larger by the moment. You remember it fairly well from your time here, and it looks like you're angled right at a large dark spot in the barter that you don't remember being there. Moments later, the two of you dive through a football field-sized hole, passing several gargoyles and a few smaller creatures that you don't recognize on the way. A vast city stretches out below the city you thought you knew, and off to your left, you can see a large blue dome. Down, 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 you fly, and about 50 feet above the ground, the griffin fully spreads its wings and changes trajectory to fly parallel, finally alighting in the middle of a large bridge. What do you do? Um, I'm gonna, uh, is, is my speak with animals... Probably not. I would have to cast it again. Because it's been, you said it's been two and a half days. Um, yeah, it's gone. Unless you did the hustle on the griffin. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess I'm, so we went down farther than the blue dome? No, you landed on the same level as it. Okay. 
Uh, but I, I can I can still, I can, like, see it. Yeah, uh, not directly. There are many buildings in between you and it, but you can see parts of it over the tops of them. Okay. Well, I guess I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off the griffin. Um, do I, do I have any, like, any griffin treats on me? <laughs> Roll animal handling. Um. Oh, no! Three. He looks hungry. He's been flying for over two days straight through. You start patting your pockets and pouches, but you come up empty. You just give him a shrug, and you can see a tear begins to well up in his left eye. Aw, no. He doesn't look that mad. He just rests for a moment. Okay, I, I pat the griffin. Scritch it under the chin? I Yeah, I scritch it just where it likes. He wiggles his back leg all happy-like, and then <laughs> takes a few steps away, and with some powerful flaps of his wings, rises into the air leaves you alone on the bridge. Okay. What would you like to do? Um, I, I'm going to start heading towards the blue dome. Looking to the east, you can see the dome in the distance over the tops of the buildings. The road that the bridge connects to doesn't go straight there, but you could cut through the buildings if you wanted a direct route. Um, I think I'll, I'll go, I'll avoid the building. I won't cut straight through the buildings. I'll go. So you're going to stay on the road so as not to arouse suspicion. What kind of pace are you traveling at? Um, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm moving quickly because I, I, you know, want to get to the group as soon as possible, but I'm, I'm not like running. I'm not trying to like draw too much attention to myself. So a brisk pace. You walk on and no one bats an eye. A bruiser type with a large axe doesn't seem to stand out too much down here. After a few miles and turns in the road, you can see the dome fully. Okay. There is a frame attached to part of the dome that looks like an entrance, and it's flanked by two pikemen. Faintly through the dome itself, you can see what looks like a lavish feast going on. Okay. Now what? Um, I guess I'm gonna... I, I'll sneak off to hide myself. That is 12. 12. Uh, you begin whistling, maybe a bit too loud and with obvious nonchalance. Uh, you walk over to an alleyway and you post up with it. Are you waiting for anything in particular? I'm, w I'm waiting for uh, a fire, right, to start? Yeah, yeah, I, I was just making sure there wasn't or something else. Okay. <laughs> you, you confused me. <laughs> that... No, that was just one of those where I was like, the, wait, is this a trick question? Was that my <laughs> intention? I promise it wasn't a trick question. Yeah, I'm waiting for, so I'm waiting for the fire to start. So, you stand in the alleyway, leaning on the wall next to you, still loudly whistling and with your gaze fixed on the entrance to the dome. One of the pikemen looks at you, then looks away, looks back at you, begins walking slowly forward in your direction. Moments later, you can see the troll sitting at the head of the table in the dome goes up in flames and begins screaming. Okay. Soon, the inside of the dome is chaos. As a result of the commotion, both the pikemen turn around and rush inside, leaving the entrance unguarded. Okay, I'm gonna head in. Roll athletics to see how quickly you can close the distance. Aha! That is an 11 plus 9 is a... Uh... 20, not natural. 
the moment the guards enter the dome, you bend down like a runner in the starting blocks and then blast forward, zooming right through the barrier. You feel a slight tingling wash over you, but don't have time to contemplate its meaning as you continue on, making a wide arc along the inside of the dome around the assembled feasters attempting to put out their on-fire companion. <laughs> Reaching the steps of the building, you vault the velvet rope, scurry up the stairs, and find yourself in a dark hallway. With your dark vision, you can see a small group huddled some 30 feet ahead of you. Um, so, like, looking at them, do they all, do they all seem to be, like, the, the right number of people in size for the group that I'm looking for? Maybe. <laughs> Roll investigation. Oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, investigation. One, not natural. You can't tell. It could be literally anybody. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm I'm going to I'm going to get closer. I don't really I don't really have much else of a choice, I think. You slowly move forward just in case these are not your companions. And at 10 feet away, what comes into focus first is a bramble bush style outline that you know in your heart of hearts is the back of Eowyn's head. Yeah. So, I'm 10 feet away from them, you said? Yeah, give or take. Okay. Um, I'm gonna, I'm still not, like, trying to draw attention to myself or to them, so I'm gonna, like, keep, you know, move that last ten feet, still trying to kind of be quiet, and I'm gonna reach out to Eowyn and, uh, touch her on the shoulder. You tap her on the shoulder, and she freezes, deer in headlight style. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah, they would be scared, I guess. Uh, I say, hey guys, it's me. I heard you needed help. Neowen turns around with a big old smile on her face as you are greeted by the faces of your friends. Finally reunited, ready for the big battle. Ah! And that's where we'll end this episode. Yay! I'm back! Back, baby! Thank you for listening! You can follow us on all the things at IWVTCast. You can email us at improvisedweaponsvt at gmail.com, and you can check out the other great podcasts from Puma Knife at teampumanife.com. Well, New Year, who dis? Hopefully dis is a nice review of the show to help us make our way up the charts. Even just a rating would help. If you're interested in supporting the show, then you're in luck. You've got options. Option one is going to patreon.com slash IWVTCast and providing us with some monthly compensation. You know, for the story and the laughs we provide you with. Option two is going to dumpstattees.com and getting yourself a sweet nerd shirt using the promo code IWPOD. Either one helps us and is like, you know, a super cool thing for you to do or whatever. If you just need some reading material, then we highly suggest you skedaddle over to iwvt.fandom.com and immerse yourself in our wiki. The Improvised Weapons theme and outro were written and recorded by Adam Rabin. You can hear Adam's latest album, The Badger Flies at Dawn, on Apple Music, Amazon Music, and Spotify, and you can hear the rest of his catalog at imadeitup.com. Many of our sound effects are from battlebards.com. To use them in your game, follow the link in the episode description to sign up for Battle Bards Prime, or use the code IWVTCAST at checkout. 
You can find out more about the video game Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms at CodenameEntertainment.com and be on the lookout each week for a code for a free in-game gold chest. Tune in next time to find out just what the Grand Library looks like on the inside. It's basically an entire episode about architecture. Psych, it's a big fight. <laughs> we'll see you on the next episode of Improvised Weapons. This has been a Puma Knife production. <laughs>